Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to be on this journey with you as we're all just trying to figure this game out, right? Just trying to figure out what this life is meant to be and what God has for us. So I want you to do me a favor. Will you take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one. If you've got the notes that you were given on the way in, that's probably a great way to handle it. Uh, maybe you have the Bible, the app, the North Star Church app. You can go to North Star Church Georgia in the app store. If you don't have it, and all the, the notes are right there, and it really helps us follow it along. So I'll just tell you this as we get started. We're so glad to just have a normal Sunday. It's been a crazy year. We had video the first week because of water, then we had the anniversary, and then we had video again because of water. I'm tired of water. All right, and then we had Ken in last week and did a great job, but I was telling Seth backstage, I said, I'm just so glad. He's like, it's just like a normal family dinner. All right, that's what Seth said. So welcome to our family dinner. So we're really glad to dive in as we start this series. It'll go for two weeks, as Cole said, the book of Acts that we were in last fall, there's a name that's going to be huge. It was huge at the end of our series in Acts, and in two weeks, we'll begin, in three weeks, we'll begin a new series through the book of Acts called Resilient, and this guy's name is going to pop up over and over and over, and his name is Paul. We know that Paul had been an antagonizer of the early church. He was a he was a, a, a Jew who hated the church. We found his name first as Saul persecuting the early church. And then we meet him on the road to Damascus. And he meets Jesus when a bright light shines down and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And we know he came to faith in Christ. And through his journey, you see Saul becoming a big piece of this early story of the church. He planted churches. He wrote so many of the books of the Bible that we have, but contained there in his writings are two prayers that we're gonna look at over these next two weeks. Because really, as you look back outside of Christ, I don't know if anybody impacted the Christian movement more than Paul did. Paul didn't start at an early age in this either. He was, he was in his middle years when he met Christ. And then he spent much of his time when he wasn't planting churches. He spent much of his time in a jail cell for his faith. In fact, the letter we're going to read today was written in about A.D. 60, 61. Paul pins this letter to the church at Ephesus, one of the churches he had planted, because he knew that there were things he wanted them to get. He knew there was stuff to this journey. He wanted them to know, and he wasn't going to be able to be there with them. So he wrote them this letter. And I believe these two prayers that we're going to talk about this week and next week can change our lives. I believe they can take the lid off what's all down there but hadn't developed. I believe it can uncover some things that we just didn't know. So would y'all stand with me today and honor reading God's word together? Ephesians chapter one. We're gonna start reading in verse 15. Remember, this is a letter. Paul is writing it. He's writing it from a prison cell. He's writing it almost, you can almost look at it as a proud father 
looking back at this early group of believers that he had a hand in gathering in this early church in Ephesus. Verse 15, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God and love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. So time out real quick. I, um, I get what he feels. When I, we've just in this middle of this 25 year celebration, when Ann and I think of you and this church, this is how you make us feel. I'm just so proud of you. At the early service, we dedicated a child of a girl, a young lady who grew up at North Star. I remember her when she was in elementary school. Now she's a mom and she's dedicating, makes me feel very old, but she's dedicating her baby. But it just made me feel so proud of her. That's how Paul felt about them. And then he said this, I pray for you. What's that last word there? Constantly. In fact, in his writings, he says, I pray without ceasing. Literally meaning these people were at the forefront of his mind and every time he thought of them, he prayed for them. Every time they would come to his mind and his heart, he would pray over their lives. Verse 16, verse 17. Asking God, and this is his prayer, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual, what's the next word there? Wisdom. See, wisdom of this world will get us through the here and now. Spiritual wisdom allows us to see things only God can see. It allows us to view life from God's perspective. Because sometimes stuff's gonna come in our lives that while we're living it doesn't make any sense. In fact, we feel like God's made a mistake. Because when we pray for our own lives, it's easy, simple, and good. And sometimes God sends things that are tough, hard, and seem impossible, but it's the tough, hard, and impossible things that make us into who God has for us to be. And therefore, we need spiritual wisdom. He knew this early church, get this, was gonna face things, they were gonna face persecution that wasn't gonna make any sense to them. And he prayed for them to have spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I pray that your hearts will be, what's the next word? Flooded with light. He knew that there would be seasons in this world their hearts would get dark. And he said, every time I pray that your hearts begin to get dark, I pray that they would be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he's called, his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Here's what he was saying. I pray you get all you could be. Would you pray with me? I don't know how you walked in the room today. I don't know how you tuned in today. But I know this, God has more. God has more. Would you repeat these words back to me for your prayer to the Lord this morning? Dear Jesus, would you repeat that? Show me who I could be. Teach me what you have. I'm willing, I'm ready, and I'm obedient.
Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, before you're seated, find three people that look like they finally warmed up from being outside. Do that real quick. Introduce yourself, and you can be seated. Before we move on, Cole got to honor these people and they stood all over our room. This campus would not happen without the volunteers who make it happen. It wouldn't. I mean, early this morning I pulled up at about 7 a.m., all our band and tech team started arriving and that's just a, a microcosm of what happens. Would y'all join me today and thank all the amazing volunteers that make this place happen every week? I think we tallied up right around, it takes 600 people with all the ministries to make things happen and we couldn't do it without them. So what are the four truths that we need to get that Paul wanted this early church to get? See, here's what I know. Some of us walked in this room and we hadn't missed church in 30 years. Some of us walked in this room and we hadn't been to church in 30 years. We got all all levels in this room, but yet, but yet, we could go to church every Sunday and still miss what God has for us. We could go to church every week, own a Bible and have it big thick with notes and still miss what Paul was praying over the church because he knew this about him. It's easy to get in a rhythm and forget why you do what you do. So let's, let's just set a, let's set a standard here real quick. How many of you believe that there is a God who has a best for your life? If you believe that, just say, I do. Okay, how many of you believe that there's a God who has a best for your life, but there's an enemy to God's best for your life He's known as the villain. We call him the villain, Satan, Lucifer. I mean, he's got all kinds of names. We, we could call him. He's a bad guy, all right? And he works against God's best for your life. If you believe that, say, I do, okay? If you believe that, then you gotta know this. At constant work in your life, if you, if you say yes to Jesus, the enemy can never have your soul, but he can have your joy, and he can take your influence, and he can take your passion. And he, he has a couple things he always does, and then I'm gonna dive in, ready? Because all these prayers attack those things. He causes, I want you to write these down. These are, these are extra, this will not cost you an extra tithe today, all right? And so this is like free information. Here's what the enemy does. He causes doubt, doubt. We started in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? Who told you not to eat of that tree? Why did he tell you that? Doubt, he causes discouragement, and he causes distractions from God's best. See, Paul knew that this early church was gonna go through doubts. He, was gonna, he knew that they were gonna go through discouragement, and he knew that they were gonna go through distractions, which ultimately always lead to division, always. And he knew the power of this early church would be thwarted, right, broken, if they didn't know the power God had for them. So what were these four truths? Here are four prayers 
out of, out of this passage today. And this is this week and next week, we're gonna break apart the end of it. Ready? Number one, Lord, help me to know and obey your word. Help me to know and obey your word. I pray for you constantly asking God, Paul says, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge and your knowledge of God. So let's, let's talk about this real quick. Everything that God needs or wants you to know is available to you in this book. Did y'all know that? Everything. It's a, what God has for me is equally accessible for you. It's, it's not like, well, because I went to seminary and I got a degree that I get some special privilege to understand. No, 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 no. We all get the same ability to grow. We all get it. I still remember, I'm looking down here at the front row, a young man that grew up in my youth group. I remember driving a group of middle schoolers to school at Pine Mountain Middle School and one of the kids said, what do you got today? And I said, I've got to study for seminary. And he's like, what is seminary? Like, what is that? And I was like, it's extra Bible. He says, is it like, do you have Bible math? Do you take a Bible math class? There are 12 disciples in the boat, four fell out, how many are left? I mean, that's what he asked, like a Bible word problem. I'm like, no, right? See, in our brains, we think, well, something's accessible to some and not the other. No, no, no. Everything God wanted you to know is in this book. It's available for all of us. And they didn't have this. They had the writings of the Old Testament and they had the stories of Jesus. They didn't have a written down Bible. And he told them, I want you to know and grow in spiritual wisdom and insight. I want you to unlock all God has for you. So there's a couple ways to do that. One, I want you to write this down. Super simple. Daily time with the Lord. Number one way, daily time with the Lord. If you believe that Sunday mornings are gonna get you through, you're gonna be very disappointed. Well, I was hoping Mike could bring it good enough to get me from Sunday to Sunday. It ain't gonna happen. I ain't got that kind of juice, all right? It ain't gonna happen. We need a daily time with the Lord. Show me the depth of your daily time with the Lord and I'll show you how much of the spiritual wisdom you're getting. So there, there's, we, we have a way called Digging Deeper. We put it out every week. It is a sermon resource that goes out that gives a day-by-day journey, Monday to Saturday, that Larry Grays writes for us based off the sermon for Sunday. How many of y'all use Digging Deeper gets delivered to your inbox? Raise your hand if you use it. Wow, lots of you guys. It's a, it's a tool, right? It's not the end all, it is a tool. You have the version Bible app, you have devotionals, you have all kinds of things. It's a day-by-day journey. Second thing you have, ready, are groups that open God's word together and they study and they grow. And all of a sudden, you're not just learning what you are going through, you're learning what others have gone through and how God worked in their life and you're gaining spiritual insight from the lives of others. 
if you live your life by yourself, you will only know what you know. How many of you in here are in a group of some sort? Raise your hand if you're in a, in a group. Tons of you guys. How many of y'all would say groups are a huge part of my journey? Raise your hand. There are. I'm in nine different groups. I need a lot, all right? And so I'm in nine different groups. And you know what I learned in all of those that I'm a part of? Those guys and, and couples learn more from each other than they ever do from me. Spiritual wisdom and insight. Here's what I know about your lives. Some of you in 2022 are gonna face things you don't understand. I'm praying for spiritual wisdom and insight for you. I'm praying that you've so dug in to God's word that you go, you know what? I don't understand it, but I trust God. Because you know what happens? The more you learn, the more you trust. Because God's faithful. And he's gonna see you through. Point number two this morning. Lord, help me know my service to you will be worth it. Help me know my service to you will be worth, worth it. I want you to write this little phrase down. Ready? My life counts. It counts. Your life counts now for others and your life counts for eternity. And God watches. God watches. He cares about your influence for him. And he keeps score. Not to hold it against you, to, but to reward you for it. Your life counts. You know what Paul knew about this early church? He knew that there were gonna be times that were gonna come that were gonna make them wanna give up hope. I don't know if you've ever felt hopeless before, but when you feel hopeless, it makes you wanna quit. How many of y'all have ever reached a point in your life you felt hopeless? Raise your hand. If you hadn't yet, it's coming. All right, it's already the bearer of bad news, but it's coming. I don't care how much of the Bible you know, I, it doesn't matter. There's gonna be a point, the lights are gonna cut out, and you're gonna go, is this all there is? I want you to look at what Paul said to these people. Look at what he said. I pray that your hearts will be, what's that word again? That's weak, all right? I pray your hearts will be what with light? Flooded. You know what he's saying? When you hit bottom, I want you to know there's more. I pray that God will flood your heart with light because here's the deal. When you feel hopeless, you feel dark. You feel dark. I'm in a dark place. Have you ever heard somebody say that before? I'm just in a dark place. I'm in a rut. I can't get out of it. I feel like I'm in a hole. You know what they're painting the picture of? I'm in darkness. You know what Paul's saying? You're gonna face that time. I want you to know you don't have to give up hope. Your service will be worth it. God is keeping score and there's gonna be a day that you're gonna close your eyes here and you're gonna open your eyes there and you're gonna go, oh. I was with a friend not too long ago and he goes, listen man, I, you, got, you got a great job. There is no way I could do funerals. There's no way. And you know what I said to him? There's no way I could either if I didn't have hope. Aren't you thankful this life isn't all that there is? Good night. This, this world's crazy. 
It is crazy. And I am so thankful that there's a hope waiting on just the thin other side of the veil that's going to make all this worth it. So I remember a couple years ago, I got to be at Kennesaw State for the very first night when they welcomed their first year of recruits. So it was their very, never had a football program, very first recruiting class, and they invited me to be there that night to pray over those young men and the coaches and the program. And it was, a, it was an unforgettable, I still got the picture. It was an unforgettable night. You know what the boys didn't know though? They didn't know that once they signed up to show up at KSU, they weren't gonna play a football game for a year or two. All they were gonna do is practice against each other. You know what I learned from those coaches and players before their very first game? They were worn out playing in games that didn't count. And there was a whole group of them that was ready to quit because they hadn't played a game that mattered. You don't mind doing the work if you know on the other side of the work is a reward. Ladies and gentlemen, this life is gonna feel like a long series of scrimmage games that don't seem to matter at times. Everybody look at me. It matters. It matters. And your life counts. And God is so intrigued by it, he's keeping a tally to reward you one day for the good you've done. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he's given to those that he's called. Here's what he was saying, and we're gonna move on. I want you to know this, everybody get this, so you don't give up hope. I don't want you to give up hope. I don't want you to quit. I want you to stop. I don't want you to go, yeah, 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 white towel, this doesn't matter. No, 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 it matters, and this isn't all that there is. Point number three, ready? Not only do I want you to know your service matters and is worth it, Paul says, Lord, help me know how much you love me. Not that he loves us, but how much he loves us. This is interesting. I grew up, in fact, there's a young man down here in the front today I have not seen since he was growing up on the street behind me when he was a little boy, came here from Tennessee today, and dropped in this morning, it meant the world to see this guy walk in today. I knew from an early age God loved me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me, you remember growing up singing that song, I went to VBS, I went to church, not by choice, all right? And so my mother, we never took a vote on Sundays about going to church. It was like, do you feel well? Mom, I don't feel good. Throw up, you'll get feeling better, all right? And so we'd go to church. This is what we did. Went to church. I went to a Christian college. I ended up in student ministry. I knew Jesus loved me. I remember, I was 23. I was a youth pastor here in Atlanta. I got the tape, a cassette tape. 
that's glorious. All right, and so I had a cassette tape of a speaker that I was taking my kids to hear that summer named Dave Busby, and I popped the cassette in. I'm driving around Atlanta, and Dave Busby asked this question. If you were to stand toe-to-toe, knee-to-knee, and eye-to-eye with Jesus right now, what would he think of you? You know what? You know the very first thing popped in my mind? He'd be disappointed in me. Very first thing. Because I hadn't had my quiet time that morning, and I hadn't shared my faith enough, and I hadn't uh, been nice enough to Ann. We'd just gotten married. I, I mean, I was thinking of all the reasons he'd be disappointed in me. And I remember Dave saying this. I'll never forget it. It's 23, which has been a minute, all right? And so it's been a little while. He said, if he were to stand toe-to-toe, knee-to-knee, and eye-to-eye with you, do you know what he would say? I love you. I remember pulling off 285, which is good, all right? And so I got off 285, and I remember sitting in a gas station parking lot processing what he just said. I was a performer. I performed very well for the Lord. But here's the word I didn't understand. I want you to get this word down and we're gonna unpack it. G-R-A-C-E, which spells the word what? Grace. I want you to write it down, grace. In my view... God tolerated me because I was his. Not loved me because he was his, because I was his. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons we live the Christian life at 35 miles an hour, not maxing our speed, is because we believe like I believed. Well, he, I know he loves the world and I know he loves me, but he tolerates me, okay? How many of you would say, I fail in my Christian journey more than I succeed? Raise your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied in church and you failed, all right? So we all fail. We fail in our Christian journey, just part of it. Remember the enemy, how could God ever love you? Why would he ever want you? If, if he knew all those other things about you, for college students, we've got a huge group of college students over here. If he knew what you did when you weren't at Wave, I don't know if I'd raise my hand about wanting to follow him. I want you to read this verse with me. I've read this a thousand times. I had never noticed this before. I want you to read with me. Here we go. Ephesians 1, verse 18. I pray that you can, what's the next word? He wants you to get it. The confident hope he's given that we just talked about. His holy people who are, what's the next word? Say it again. His holy people who are, what's the word before rich? Rich and glorious inheritance. Everybody look at me. You are his inheritance. You. He wanted you. All this is about you. 
You are his rich and glorious inheritance. All he ever wanted was you. Not just your best you, not your performer you. See, anybody who's played athletics, you get on the field by performing. And we struggle with that in our journey because we think when we don't perform, coach doesn't play us. It's what goes through our, I mean, listen, it goes through every athlete's brain. You are his glorious inheritance. So Jimmy walked down this morning and we were talking about he, he lived literally on the other, other side of a chain link fence on the, the little circle that went behind my parents' house. When mom and dad were gone in, in uh, 2017, we had to go and get rid of all the stuff in their house. They had lived there since 1973. The house, neat as a pen. What was in the drawers and closets? Bless the Lord. All right, And so there was just all kinds of junk, right? I mean, every newspaper article, every, every, everything you could imagine. And we had to go through the house and put a sticker on the furniture we wanted. So they had to go through and go, oh, man, I've always wanted, you know, I want that or I don't want that. We put a sticker on it and claimed it. So my brother set it up where that inheritance was delivered to our house, but I only picked what I wanted. And I'm a bleeding heart. I wanted everything. And Ann's like, you've lost your mind. All right. And so I wanted it all. But I got the, the, the pieces that we chose. But you get this. God's stickers on you and your heart. You're his inheritance. Flaws and all. You want to unlock the spiritual growth in your life? when you realize how he ultimately feels about you, it's a game changer. He doesn't put up with you, he doesn't just like you, he is in love with you and he wants you to be his 100% completely his. Paul knew this church would only live up to their view of how God felt about them. That's as far as they could go. And point number four, Lord, help me know how powerful you are in me. How powerful you are in me. Do you believe that there's more to what God can do in your life than you're probably letting him do? Nod your head if you believe that. So, on all of our machines, computers, no matter if you got a Mac or Microsoft, whatever you got, you probably have a program called Excel, Microsoft Excel. Most people have Excel. I have Microsoft Excel on my laptop. I've had it for years. So I go in there, and I can even do it on Google Sheets, and I create a, I create a roster for our baseball team, and I can, here's what I can do with Microsoft Excel. If you need me to help you, just come see me, but here's what I'm available to do for you. I can center things. All right, like, or you can make call. I can make the bars, like the graphs. I can do that. I can alphabetize, sort. I can number sort, like freshman to senior. This is high tech stuff. All right, I can do all that with my Microsoft Excel. I, it's unbelievable what I'm able to do. It's, it's incredible. I didn't even go to class for it. I just learned it. I mean, that's what I can do with Microsoft Excel. 
And that's all I can do with Microsoft Excel. Can Microsoft Excel do more than I am using it to do? Yes or no? Don't be, that's rude. All right, so that was condescending and rude. I don't know who verbalized that so loud. So I, it, was, it was a couple weeks ago. Casey, my son, went and met with a guy. We keep all these pitching statistics, and he went and met with a guy. He's, a, he's an analyst. He may be watching right now. He's living out in San Diego. He works for the Padres. He took all of our little Excel stuff, the data that Casey keeps, which is way more advanced than I, and he put it in and spit out this unbelievable deal. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I'm like, what did he use to do that? And Casey's like, Excel. And I'm like, I can alphabetize in Excel, and I can sort, but it's all I know how to do. But it doesn't mean it's not available to do more. Do you know that spiritually sometimes we sort and we center and we think we have all of God that there is. And then you look at somebody next to you who's like getting so much more out of it. Do you know why? Because they dove all in and they said, I know there's more. I know there's more. You know my prayer for you in 2022? that you discover the hidden power of God in you. That you begin to live out a life that matters. And you get out of bed and you go, I know God's got a bigger purpose for me. Why? Because he says he does. Not because you're special. Not because you're just some super extraordinary person. But because he says he does. I've watched for my 52 years of life, God use ordinary people to do extraordinary things if they tap in. Would you pray with me? Mm. Paul lived the same amount of years many other believers lived. Paul left awake, we're still riding on. Because he found more. I remember hearing as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this phrase years ago. You have as much of Jesus as you choose to have. If you're in this room today and you say, Mike, I'm a believer, but <laughs> my Christian journey is like you on Excel. I'm not tapping into all that could be. And I just want him to know I'm ready, willing, and able. If that's you here today, nobody's gonna get you, nobody's gonna bother you, nobody's gonna tap you on the shoulder. This is between you and the Lord. If that's you today, would you slip your hand up? Between you and the Lord. Mm. God, you see the hands and you know the hearts. Would you take a second? Let the Lord speak to you, would you?